Welcome to Stories, Tales, Myths, and Legends. My name is Nathan, and today I thought I would take a little bit of a different approach from my usual reading of things that others have written or adaptations that I've done to talk a little about a personal story from one of my adventures. Don't worry, I'll be back to reading others' works in the next episode, but if you would indulge me, I think you'll find this episode congruent with hearing stories from around the world. I'm going to call this story... Anger on Mount Wudang. Anger on Mount Wudang. For a month, my son Elwin and I stayed at a Taoist academy on Mount Wudang in central China, hoping to learn about Taoist philosophy. One of my main disciplines of study in college was philosophy, and I wanted to see how one of the Eastern philosophies was embodied in practice. That's why we were there. The first week we were there, it was all adults staying at the academy, with the exception of my 16-year-old son. And then a woman from Shanghai showed up with her 5-year-old son in tow. I was genuinely curious to see how the Chinese interacted differently with their children compared to the Western culture that I, and by extension my son, were raised in. Elwin, he was just annoyed. There were things like love, patience, kindness, and discipline that aligned very closely with the child-rearing practices that I had experienced, but when it came to behavioral issues and respect for personal boundaries, it seemed as though, at least with this child, a much more liberal stance was taken. Tim was a man who was staying with us at the academy. He is a professor of mathematics and a Vietnamese-American who travels to different places during his summer break to study different forms of martial arts. He came to the academy to study Tai Chi Xuan after studying at a Shaolin temple. The Chinese boy was usually fairly content playing Plants vs. Zombies on his mom's smartphone, unless someone was doing something he found interesting. However, he liked to invade Tim's space especially when Tim was practicing, which can be particularly dangerous when practicing martial arts for obvious reasons. For over a week, I watched as Tim's frustration grew. I watched as he patiently marched the five-year-old out of his way, time and time again. I watched as shooing motions were directed toward the boy. I heard him tell the boy to get out of here, go away, and leave, although the boy knew no English. One morning, we were practicing our taiji in the valley and were going to hike up to the temple for lunch. The boy wouldn't stay out of Tim's way. Over and over again, the boy invaded Tim's space. Tim finally marched the boy over to where his mother was, swatted his butt lightly, and told him to stay put. The little boy's face turned red. You could see his rage rising. As Tim walked back to the practice area, I watched the boy bend down, pick up a rock the size of his tiny fist, and throw it at the back of Tim's head. Tim whirled around, cut the stone right in front of his face, gave the boy a stern look, and let the rock fall from his hand. The little boy was still angry. I walked over to the rock laying where Tim let it fall, bent down, picked it up, and took it to the boy. I motioned for him to hold out his hand. He did. I placed the stone in his palm and closed his fingers around it. Then I turned to his mother and in my very limited Mandarin said, Shifan, with a quizzical look on my face. She spoke even less English than I did Mandarin. She nodded. The boy made like he was going to throw rocks at Tim again, spouting off words I didn't understand in an angry tone. 
I looked at him, held up a single finger, and with my other hand grasped his cocked arm and gently lowered it to his waist level. He dropped the rock. I picked it up again, pressed it in his palm, and closed his fingers around it, while the anger still raged in his little eyes. I yelled back to Tim and Elwyn, who were talking and practicing Shaolin Gung Fu moves, to tell them that we were going to start heading up to the temple for lunch. They nodded and said that they would be coming in a moment. The mother, the boy, and I started up the long stairway to the temple. Over a thousand stairs stood between us and lunch. We made our way to the first landing, and the anger in the boy's eyes had only grown while he muttered words that I didn't understand. He still held the rock and was shouting back to where Tim was and making gestures like he was going to throw the rock at him when he was close enough again. I bent down, found another rock, opened the boy's other hand, and placed it in. He looked at me with a mischievous grin and motioned like he was going to throw it. I ignored him and started up the next section of stairs. His mother urged him along and they followed a little behind until we reached the next landing. The boy, undaunted, yelled down at Tim and made motions like he was going to throw his rocks. I bent down, picked up another stone, and handed it to the boy. He placed it in his pocket. Then I started up the next flight of stairs. On the next landing, the same shouting, same gestures. I handed the boy another stone which he put in his other pocket. By this time, the mother had a little smile that was starting to peek through, and my son and Tim started up the stairs. I continued to the next landing, mother and son not far behind. The boy muttered as he eyed Tim coming up the stairs. Another landing and another stone. The boy couldn't fit it in his pocket, and he had one in each hand, so he just dropped it on the ground. I bent over and picked it up again. I handed it to him again. He dropped it again. I handed it to him again. His mother put her hand on his little shoulders and gave him a little nod. The boy carried the stones to the next landing. I handed him another stone there, too. He had a stone in each pocket and two stones in each hand, when Tim passed us on the stairs. Elwyn decided to walk with us. The little boy yelled at Tim, dropped one of the extra stones, and cocked his arm. Elwyn was still surprised that the little boy was so angry. I kneeled down, picked up the stone he dropped, and held it out to him. He lowered his arm, and I placed the stone back in his hand. Each landing up the staircase, I handed him another stone. Each time, he reluctantly accepted it. Elwyn asked what I was doing, and I told him to wait and see. The little boy's breath became labored and his pace slowed as we wound our way up to the temple, adding a stone at each landing. When we reached the top, I knelt in front of the boy, who was now watching Tim smoke his cigarette while he waited for us to come up the stairs. The boy looked right past me until I picked up one of the rocks he was now cradling with both hands while holding the bottom of his shirt in extra support for the pile. I held the rock up in front of his face and his vision shifted from Tim to the rock, then to my face, and back to the rock. He watched as I set the stone down at the top of the stairs. Then I picked another one out of the pile he was holding, held it up for him to see, and set it down. 
I did that 14 more times before I had him fish the rocks from his pockets out for me, and I held them up for him to see before setting them down. When all the rocks were piled at the top of the stairs, I grabbed one. I placed it in the palm of the boy and pointed at Tim. Then I took a step out of the way and ushered for his mother to follow me. We walked a few yards away and then watched as the boy looked at the stone, then at Tim, then at the stone, then at Tim, and then he put the stone back on the pile. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Stories, Tales, Myths, and Legends, and let you know that I will be back with a reading of a classic story, tale, myth, or legend here very soon. Thanks for listening.